0: So, here's the deal. We we're, have been in a, a series on, our, on the vision of our church. And I know I'm looking around the room, and I see some faces I haven't seen in like three or four weeks. So, um, I'll, I'll catch you up. So, on the, uh, as far as our vision goes, the, here it is. It's a four-part. We have a vision to impact future generations for Christ. Anthony talked about that last week. And didn't he do a, just a wonderful job? Amazing. The idea behind that was that we're always going to pour a lot of our resource into kids and youth. Uh, We have a vision to present Christ in a relevant way to the culture he's placed us in. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. And today we're going to talk about us having a vision to show the compassion of Christ through action to the hurting, hopeless, and needy. And when when we talk about vision, and I've said this every week, I'll say it again. It's really easy to slide into a church and go, you know, oh boy, it's the first of the year, and the pastor's going to talk about what the vision of the church is. Wow. You get Eric to say, man, you're on to something. It's like the third word he said this week. The reasons he's fired up is because he's been with me since the very beginning. And for, for us to sit here and look at this room and look at what our church is doing to to help the uh, hopeless, hurting, and needy is, is amazing. So so here's the idea, though. You, you, it's real easy for you to sit there and go, oh, man, he's going to talk about the church's vision. So i got a question for you. Who's the church? We are. Nice. Now, the service, <laughs> the 1130 service won't get that. <laughs> I'll have to walk them through that. <laughs> yeah, we are, right? And so, so a church is made up of people who are the church, never created to be a monument, but always created to be a movement. Amen. Coastline Community Church will never be a monument. The building we're going to build, you're going to build out there, is just a building to do more ministry. It's not a monument. And, and so, here's the idea: to be a movement, we've got to be Christ-like. And so I have, a, I have a suggestion. Why don't we stop acting like Christians and be Christians? Because really, to, be, to show the compassion of Christ through action to the hopeless, hurting, and needy, all we're really doing is we're putting on the cloak of Jesus and saying, you know what, I'm going to be Christ-like. When, when did it become, when did it become like stupid for a church to help people? When did the the sound of the music become more important than someone who didn't have clothes on? When not clothes on, but you know, didn't have, they couldn't stay warm. So, so I would submit to you today that Coastline Community will stick close to this vision. And I've said this every week. This is my favorite part of our vision. Every part's favorite. If if the leader of an organization doesn't fill it in his bones, get out. If the pastor doesn't feel the vision, don't buy. That's why we have the vision on the back of our envelopes, our giving envelopes. We've got it there so that I mean, I would never give to something that I didn't believe in. I would never give to something that I didn't know where it was headed. And so, you're, you're, you guys are awesome because you are the ones that some of the stuff you're going to hear today. You make that happen, and, and it's amazing. So we have a vision. Read that with me. We come on. Matthew 9, 36. Matthew 9, 35, I'm sorry. We'll start in verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into the harvest field. Father, thank you for this wonderful giving church. And thank you for vision. And thank you that we can celebrate what happened last year and we can celebrate what you're going to do this year. Get me out of the way today, God, and say what you need to say to each heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we go. Number one, the, the compassion of Christ should be a part of everyday life. Matthew 9.35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. This is what Jesus was doing every day. He was going. He was meeting needs. Could we say that of ourselves today, that every day we wake up thinking, hey, can I meet a need for someone spiritually? Is, is showing the compassion of Christ part of my everyday Life. I'll, I'll be the first to say no, if that helps you out any. It should be, but there are, me, there are days that I live my life where I look back and I'll leave my head on the pillow and go, you know what, I could have shown some compassion to that person and I didn't. I could have helped that person, but I was too busy. But, a- as a plumb line, as a goal, for, for, for this part of our vision, it should be part of our everyday life. Showing the compassion... Of Christ should be part of our everyday life, and I'm, I'm I'm proud to say it is part of the everyday life of our church. I don't have time to go into all the things that we do every day. This building, like if you get sick this week, just blame it on this building. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we clean it multiple times, but there's so much going on here to help people. It, it's amazing. It's part of the everyday life of our church. And so the Bible says Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Went through all the towns and villages, teaching the Word of God, which we do, preaching the good news, which we do, and healing every disease and sickness, spiritual disease and sickness, alcoholism, drug addiction. People in foreign countries that maybe wouldn't get to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. You're doing that. You quit frowning at me. You're making me nervous here. This is good stuff. This is what we're called to do on an everyday basis, and this is what Coastline Community Church is doing on an everyday basis. It's awesome. Number two, the compassion of Christ is birthed out of opening our eyes to the needs of those around us. Matthew 9.36 When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I never will forget the first time I read this scripture after I really knew that God called me into ministry. When I really knew that this was what what I was supposed to do with my life. And I had heard this scripture in Sunday school. I had heard this scripture different places, you know, in different sermons. But when I knew that I knew that I knew that God had called me for the rest of my life to help people through this book. I read this verse one day in a chapel that we had at the church that I was at. And I read it and I just started sobbing. Just crying. And laid down on the floor and asked God, God, what are, what are you really saying to me right now? And I, I know that I know that he said to me, ministry is about people. ministry is about people. It's not about anything else besides people. Building that bridge to people, serving them, helping the hopeless, hurting, and needy so that they can see the love of God in us so that one day they'll come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's the only motive we should ever have for doing what we do. It's so that people will come to know Jesus Christ. Wow. I laid there on that floor and when I got up and found some Kleenex and got about my day I knew in my heart that for the rest of the years of my, life, of my life as I served God I would always make it about people and I'm so glad to be a part of a church that makes it about people Jesus looked up on the multitudes and had compassion on them He had compassion on them because they were faint and scattered abroad like sheep without a, a, a shepherd they're just wandering around like who's going to help them? Who is actually going to help them? Who's going to help your coworker walk through the valley that they're in right now? Who's going to help your neighbor that just went through a really really wretched divorce? Like sheep without a shepherd. See, if you're in this place today and you call yourself a Christ follower, you have a shepherd. And his name's Jesus. And in the midnight hour, when things are going not the way that you think they should go, you you have the ability to go to that shepherd and say, Hey, I need you to protect me. Think just for a second about all the people who are wandering this world right now that don't know Jesus. They don't have a shepherd. They don't have that stability. They don't have that, that lifeline to go and say, God, I need you right now. I am your child. They don't have that. And God loves them just as much as He loves you. And so, we can never make this a monument to what we're we're doing inside these walls. We have to continue to make it a movement. Continue helping people. Continue to send them money to help people. Missionaries, the lost, the hurting, the hopeless, the needy. Jesus had compassion on them. That word compassion right there comes from the root word passion. If you can't tell I'm pretty passionate about our vision. You can't have compassion without having passion for something. So Here's the question. In our everyday life, do we really care about people? We build our own kingdom or we building His kingdom? And I'm so happy that I could be a pastor of a church who would say, You know what? You can look at all of our resource, where it goes, our, our everyday life, and we're all about building His kingdom and adding people to it. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Harassed. Harassed by the enemy. Harassed by life. Helpless because they don't have the tools. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the information. They don't have the good news. Helpless. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I feel harassed and helpless. I gotta ask you a question Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because no one in this room goes throughout life without being harassed and feeling helpless at times. The only thing is, is we have a shepherd that comes along every once in a while with that shepherd's rod and knocks the enemy in the face. Right? Number three. When we show the true compassion of Christ, it opens the door to share the true love of God. Matthew nine thirty seven. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Wow. Think about that just for a second. Think about the idea. The harvest is plentiful. I, I always get really enamored with pastors, and, I, and I've had a couple in this community. Not in, the, in another community, never mind. It was somewhere else. I always get enamored with, with people who will say things like this. I hear you've been taking sheep from my flock. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you would like to stamp them on the hand, we can check them as they come in the door. Well, your church has really grown at a rapid rate. You you know, I I just don't know that you can sustain that rate. I, I just don't know that... And here's the thing, and I think Anthony said this in one of the services last week, and I've said this all my whole life. There's enough lost people for all the churches. (laughs) Like, we say the most idiotic things. There, There are, there's plenty of, yeah, the commodity, the product's there. There are enough people who don't know Jesus. How do we, how do we build a bridge between people who are lost to... Jesus. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. When we clothe ourselves in the compassion, the compassion of Jesus Christ, we poise ourselves to build a bridge between a co worker, a family member, a friend that you know that doesn't know Jesus, to build a bridge from them to Christ. And, and someone would say, Oh man, that sounds like a lot of trouble. That's just being a Christian. So I'm going to define the word Christian for you: to be Christ-like. I know this is deep theology. I'm going to write a book. To be Christ-like. The end. The end. Yeah. And I bet I could probably get on Christian television and sell it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I could. The end. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> to be Jason. To be Christ-like. The end. The secret to being a Christian. To be Christ-like. The end. I need to keep going. I'll get carried away. (laughs) Number four. The compassion of Christ always leads to action. Matthew 9, 38. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. See, feeling sorry for someone is different than having compassion for them. Did you hear that? Now, now, let me make a statement. We can't do everything, but we can do something. Merrick, Us as Christ followers we, followers, we can't do everything, but we can do something. So you can't fly out of here today going, you know what, if it's the church's vision, it's my vision, and then you go and try to fix everybody. But you can do something. You can, it always leads to action. Matthew 9.38, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. Jesus is saying, look, these, these people, they're hurting. They're hopeless and they're needy. And we have to do something about it. And the first stepping stone of doing something about it is, is say, he says, pray. Pray. Ask the Lord of the heart. Just pray. Pray for that coworker, Pray for that family member. Pray, pray for those that God's uh, put you in their life where you have some sort of a spiritual influence. Pray for them. Prayer works much better than taking your Bible into your cubicle and throwing it on the thing and turning your Christian music on and putting those goofy bumper stickers on the back of your car. Prayer works way better than that. Nothing wrong with goofy bumper stickers, but. Prayer works way better than that. I'm a product of prayer. You tweet that. Where's Anthony? We all are. Isn't that true? We're a product of prayer. Someone, somewhere, some way, somewhere prayed for us. And if you say no, nobody in my life knew God. You know what the Bible says? That Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's praying for you. So somebody has prayed for you. We're a product of prayer, is what we are. The compassion of Christ always leads to pray for people, and then do something about it. Let's let's look at John right here. First John 3.17. We're going to look at three different versions. Three different versions of, of this scripture. But whoso hath this, world, this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his vows of compassion for him, how dwelleth the, dwelleth the love of God in him? It's a lot of hows and these and thines. And, but in other words, if you have, if you have compa- the compassion of God, and you see a need, and you have the means to help that need, the, the love of God's not in you that day. Let's go, I think it's the NIV. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Now watch this one. This is the message. This is more like our language right here. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? It disappears. And you made it disappear. In other words, we carry God's love in us. And if we have an opportunity to help someone, and, and we know that the Spirit of God is speaking to us, like, we, I need to do something about that, and we do nothing, the love of God disappears in their life. Better put, it never appears, because they don't know God. So, So, think about this just for a second. On a personal level, who in your life can you show the love of God to? Through compassion. And and I'll just tell you this. Money cannot fix everyone's problems. Right? You you just can't go throwing money at people and and hoping. Relationship helps. Prayer is the best. Love is ultimate. Got a phone call. John got a phone call yesterday from Randy. And a lot of you may know Randy. He was around here and he's at the Dream Center in Los Angeles. And Randy's getting his life on track. So it sounds like it sounds like a different person it 's amazing. He made it through an entire month of of his orientation, and this is a tough place. This is where you mop a floor you get five, sleep five hours they get you up, and you mop a whole floor of one of the ministry centers they have there, and somebody comes along and says, Hey, you missed the spot. do it again excuse me <laughs> he 's going through that he 's sober he 's clean he 's awesome and as a matter of fact, he asked us to tell you all hello. And so pray pray for Randy. Pray that he can hang in there, man, and, and do it. But that, that's the kind of people that our, our church is helping. We send them out there. But I, I want you to listen to some of these stats. Our church, I'm talking about action. Coastline Community Church, this past year, handed away over 7,000 tons of food. Wow. I mean, you weren't as shocked as I was. That's a ton of food. <laughs> That's 7,000 tons of food. Through Stephen Ministries, I, I'll miss some stuff here. Our community outreach, the stuff we're doing around town, Club Esteem, Love, Inc., Pregnant Resource Center. Center. Mission. Now, watch this. We, have, we, we support nine missionaries. Thailand, Jordan, El Salvador, Uganda, Zambia, and the other are too sensitive to mention. We also support a missionary plane service as well as the Dream Center. And we are helping right now to plant a church. And for those of you who are involved in the church plan, that's pretty freaking cool, isn't it? Yeah, to think that we're doing that. Uh, overall, through, through all of our, uh, our, our missionary care ministries this year, Coastline Community Church gave, if you don't count the food, if, just, if you're just talking about money, eighty over $85,000 dollars. To help the gospel of Jesus Christ be spread. If you count the food and what you get. And I'm not even talking about what you give to compassion or what you give here or there. If you add all that together, our church tithed to helping the hopeless, hurting, and needy this year. We tithed. Ten percent. My wife's crying. So you guys don't understand. This is like special to us because we still remember the living room. And what's needed is somebody somewhere at some point in some church said, "I believe in you, and you planting a church, so let me write a check." That's how we made. That's how we ate the first couple years we were here. It's off of other people's ability to say, you know what? I believe in what God's doing in your heart, and I'm telling you what, the vision is just as strong in my heart today as it's ever been, and what we did last year isn't going to come close to what we do this year. We're going to keep helping people. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. We're going to keep going. You got to get old, but you don't have to act old. (laughs) When I think about this part of our vision and I think about showing the compassion of Christ, I can't get around the Bible without looking at the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. We all all know that, that phrase, right? I mean, people who've never even been into church know the phrase Good Samaritan. So, Jesus is having some banter with a lot of religious people and, and finally gets to a point where someone says, Well, who is my neighbor? He shouldn't have asked that question. But he did. So Jesus said, let me tell you a story. Bible calls them parables. Let me tell you a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man stop right here Kim he passed by on the other side a priest I mean anybody probably should have helped the guy or at least done something when he saw the need turned his head and passed by on the other side Jesus is talking again to a bunch of religious people right now He's talk- Jesus is talking to a monument, is what he's talking to. He's talking to rules and regulations. Keep going. So too a Levite, when he came to the other place and saw him, pass by on the other side. Now, some of you may not know, but the Levites were in charge of taking care of the temple. The Levites got paid from someone else's generosity. The Levites got paid by through in the law through tithe... And the Levites in the Levitication were placed right in the same sentence with the, uh, the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows. This guy was able to sustain himself because of someone else's generosity. If there's anybody ever that you would have thought would have said, Man, I feel sorry for you, bro. I'm going to get down in the ditch with you, and I'm going to help you. You're naked, you're beaten, you're half dead. What did he do? Passed by on the other uh, side. Because he was going to the monument. He was headed to the monument. He was headed to the temple. Because he was too busy. And then, then watch this. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, the context of the story, think about this. Samaritans, were, they were hated. The, the, the Jewish people hated Samaritans. He was the last person that you would have thought would jump in the ditch with someone and help them. The last person out of all people. This guy, surely, he was supposed to walk by and spit on the guy. So we see out of this story, religion can't help people that are hopeless, hurting, and needy. People clothing themselves in the compassion of Christ, using their resource, doing what they can do. Can't do everything, but we can do something. It helps people. And that's what the Samaritan did. Watch this. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. If you you study where this road was in in the the geographical sense, uh, we call it a ditch. It was probably more like a cliff. There weren't really ditches there. The roads cut through and and they fell off on both sides or they went up on both sides. And they still do. So it wasn't like he, he just hopped down and grabbed him and said, hey buddy, come here. He had to put himself at risk. There was sacrifice involved. Sacrifice. It's awesome to think today, and and I hope the generation that we're raising in this church gets this, because all these organizations great doing great things for the the sake of humanity, but they're not building a bridge to Jesus. And if, if our generation, our young people, would see the church doing something besides singing three songs, hearing a message and saying that I went to church today, it would change their life and they would they would say, you know what? Jesus can change my friend's life. I can do something great with my life and I know that Jesus can use me to help others. When did we stop doing that? This church will never stop doing that. If I kill over dead tomorrow, the next guy you bring in, you look at him and say, we're going to help the hopeless, the hurting, and the needy. Period. (laughs) Period. Wow. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Those stats I just read you are just a few. But you're making a difference in people's lives. You're making a difference in people's lives that you won't, you, you'll never meet until you reach the halls of heaven. Somebody's going to come by you and grab you and go, hey, thanks for tithing. Because I was a kid in the, the slums of Belize, and, and your church sent somebody there and helped them live, and they reached me with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it changed my life, and I realized I was worth something. Can you imagine? Stop crying. Killing me. Maybe Coastline Community Church will have their own side room for the first thousand years of heaven. And we say, you know what? And these people come, these kids, these children, these, these young mothers who, who were considering abortion, but, but we reached out to them through pregnancy resources, or are, are people that, that didn't have any food and they, they were considering suicide, and we said, you know what, let us come alongside of you, or somebody that wandered into a recovery group that we're doing, and they were hoping. If there was anybody that was hopeless, hurting, and needy, it was this guy in the ditch. He was hopeless because the preacher just walked by. Then the guy who took care of the house of God just walked by. Can you imagine if he, you know? And it says they looked down at him. They saw him hopeless, hopeless. See, because the church will let you down. Jesus will never let you down. Hopeless. He's hurting. He's been beat. He's been stripped. He's naked. And he's definitely needy. He needs someone to help him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own dock. He brought him, him to an inn and took care of him. This is what God showed me when I was reading this. I didn't even plan on sharing this. I had four points that was going to be done. I couldn't get away from this. You can ask Kim. I called her yesterday. I came I told my wife, I've got to go to the office. God woke me up at 3 o'clock with a burden to share this. And this, this is a word for our church right here. We can never allow ourselves to think we're so good that we we get on our high horse and we stay there. He got off his animal. He got off off his high horse. He got off and went down to him. Let us never become a monument, but always a movement. Keep going. 35. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Who's telling the story? It's a very important thing to remember. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Rhetorical question. I tell you, the expert in the law, he should have just shut up and not asked Jesus any more questions. But he was trying to show off. Jesus nailed it. The expert in the law pride. the one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him. Jesus says this, go and do likewise. You go and keep fixing that food on Thursdays. You go and keep tithing. Hello. Hallelujah. You go and you keep ministering to that widow in your neighborhood. Grab her trash can off the street, cut her yard. You go and you you serve somewhere. You go, be stop acting like a Christian and be one. Because we're not that important. People trip me out all the time. They'll say, "Man, your know, church has grown so much," and and I'm you know and I'm like, dude, I'm still the same. Ask my wife, I, I still mess up the bathroom. Still the same person as when you met me, Frank. Still the same person. And we, we need to be the same people every day, consistently, on a consistent basis. Are we growing? Yes. Are we but hey, stop acting like a Christian and just be one. Do do something this week for the hopeless, hurting, and needy. All right? And again, you you can't do everything. Because if you're like me and you hear a message like this, you're like, we have to save everybody. (laughs) We have to feed every hungry person on this faith. No, No, that's not what God's called us to. He's just called us to do what we can do. Right? And through your faithfulness to this church, we're able to do a lot of those things. Isn't that amazing? You should be encouraged by that. We're impacting, we're not only impacting people that come here, we're impacting our community, and we're impacting people around the world. And maybe you've been involved in churches before, and you're like, well, that's no big deal. It's a big deal to me, right? Because it's a big deal to me to think that we gave over $85,000, not even counting the food, to missions last year, because when Ray and I moved here, we had no food. You know why we give away food? Because we remember what it was like to have no food. (laughs) Wow. We have a vision to impact the surroundings that God's placed us in by showing the compassion of Jesus to the hopeless, hurting, and the needy. We would never turn these lights on on a Sunday morning without saying, hey, maybe you're here and you're hopeless. Maybe you're here and you're hurting. Or maybe you're in need. That's why we're here. If you're here and you say, you know what, I am hopeless today. And I'm hurting. Maybe you're not hurt hopeless, but you're, you're hurting. It's just some, life has just got some things going on in, in you right now that, that aren't fun. That's why we're here. So bow your heads all over before we're dismissed. Say, so Jason, I am hopeless today. Can I tell you why you're hopeless? Because without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we lose hope. Because we were created to hope. And if you've lost that hope, there's an area of your life that you've, you say, you know what, I, I have no more hope there. I have no more hope for myself. God would love to give you hope today through Jesus. Oh, I just want you to hear that in your heart. Hope is available. But you got to release your life. you got to give your life to gain your life. You, you have to release your life to Jesus Christ. It's not going to make all your problems go away, but you will have this one thing to hang on to, and it's called the Creator of the Universe. If that's you and you're here today, say, I need Jesus in my life. I need to commit my heart. I need Jesus Christ in my life. If that's you, slip your hand up real quick and just put it back down. I see your hand. Thank you. I need you. I, I need to do that right now, at this very moment. I, I need I know I do. I feel I'm knocking on the, the door of my heart. Anyone else? I need Jesus. And if you raised your hand, I'm so proud of you. I, I want to pray with you. And when, when we're done praying and we dismiss, go out to the tent and get a Bible. get Talk to somebody. If somebody brought you. Just talk with them. There's something very powerful about that. But let's pray. Father, let's pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And right now, I, I realize and I know in my heart that I, I need you in my life. And so, God, what through Jesus Christ did for me, restore me back to you forgive me of my sins and right now I'm confessing and I'm believing in my heart I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross that he was placed in a grave, that he rose from that grave on the third day and I believe with all my heart right now that through what he did I'm forgiven I'm a new creation and that God your word says I'm the apple of your eye thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.